More than 50% of the surface of the brain is devoted to processing visual information, according to scientists. So you would think that the brain's primary function is to identify visual information. But neurologists tell us that the brain also eliminates visual information as well. We would not be able to focus our attention on anything if we were trying to possess, process all of the visual in information around us. So not seeing what is there is one of the things we do best. There's a lesson there. The story we just read from Mark's version of the Jesus story is about blindness and overcoming blindness. As the story begins, Mark tells us that Jesus and his disciples came to Jericho. This will be their last stop on the way to Jerusalem, which is just 15 miles down the road. The way Mark tells the story, there are two levels of meaning on the surface. They are literally going down the road headed for Jerusalem. On a deeper level, Mark is teaching about what it means to follow Jesus. As disciples, we are committed to following Jesus. The life of a disciple is about being on a journey, a path. Our direction is set for us by Jesus. It turns out that we will only be able to follow Jesus to the extent that we are perceiving the way he perceives rather than staying blind. The first thing to notice that Jesus sees is that there is a good reason to go to Jerusalem besides the Passover festival. Jesus three times announces the destination of their journey is the capital, Jerusalem. Why? He has seen the suffering of his people. He has seen the oppressive practices of the elite aristocracy, and he has a plan to confront them. He predicts that he will be arrested there, tried, convicted, and executed. But it is in Jerusalem that he says he will also rise from the dead. This also has the same two levels of meaning. He literally will be arrested and executed, but on a deeper level, the life of discipleship is a life both of risk and redemption. As Jesus confronted the centers of power in Jerusalem, so the life of a follower of Jesus will include times of confrontation with oppressive forces if, they have, if we have eyes open to seeing them. It will be a life of risk-taking, not a life of couch-surfing, because we see what's going on. But it will also include transformation, new life. The author of Colossians will later tell his congregation that they were buried with Christ by baptism and have now been raised with Christ to new life. The pattern of the life of the disciple was set by Jesus, crucifixion, death, and resurrection. As they're leaving Jericho, there sits a blind beggar named Bartimaeus. There's nothing honorable about being a beggar, but his name means, ironically, son of honor. He is not given any honor or respect by the crowds that tried to shush his cries for help. They are, in effect, blind. They're not just blinded by their indifference to his need. More so, they are blind to the very task they are engaged in. They are there because they want to be followers of Jesus. But they as yet do not see that following Jesus is precisely about compassion 
for people in need. Our mission, too, is inherently multifaceted. It is an open-eyed mission of confrontation, and it is a mission of compassion. There's something deep to notice. The very act of confrontation that Jesus is on, on his way to Jerusalem for, is not done out of anger or resentment as primary motivations, but out of compassion for the people being oppressed. Compassion motivated Jesus. The same compassion motivated his concern for the blind beggar. So, in resistance to the crowd, Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. So that is what they did. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. Again, the two levels. On the surface, Jesus compassionately honored the beggar's request by calling him over. On a deeper level, we too who are followers of Jesus are people who have heard his call to follow. We have been called not because we've made ourselves worthy, not because we have earned his approval. No, we answer his call even while helplessly blind. We will answer his call because we are blind and we know it. We come admitting our blindness and wanting to do something about it. We come willing to let Jesus open our eyes. So then Jesus asked Bartimaeus a question. It is the identical question he asked James and John who came to Jesus seeking power and authority. What do you want me to do for you? They were blind to Jesus in so many ways and blind to themselves as well. They were blind to the nature of Jesus' project of compassionate confrontation and blind to their own ego issues. They were blind to their own blindness, unlike Bartimaeus. They are probably part of the shushing crowd. The contrast could not be greater. But Bartimaeus acknowledges his blindness and wants healing. It says, So, throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. The blind man said to him, Teacher, let me see again. Beggars use their coats the way street musicians use their instrument cases. It is the place where people can put their donations. But he leaves it behind, confident that begging will not be his future anymore once Jesus heals his blindness. He is all in. He is holding nothing back. He does not intend to have a fallback plan B. He has set his hand to the plow and is not looking back. That is the pattern of discipleship. It is a commitment to the Jesus path all the way down. So, Mark tells us, Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. The word faith can just as easily be translated trust. Bartimaeus trusted that Jesus could remove his blindness. That is what we trust as well. What That Jesus can indeed open our eyes to things we never would have seen. We trust that when Jesus teaches us to see things, even if the majority around us does not have eyes to see them, we are seeing correctly. Jesus, Jesus' perspective may be the minority view, but followers of Jesus are not allergic to being in the minority. So what was the consequence of regaining his sight? It says, immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. 
Once our eyes are open, we follow. The path, remember, is towards Jerusalem. The future will include confrontation, crucifixion, and finally, resurrection. The pattern is clear. Compassion-motivated action, then the death of the ego demands of self-centeredness and security-at-all-costs style of living, followed by the joy of transformation. Someone said that all truth involves paradox. There is a paradox here that we need to acknowledge. Healthy spirituality begins with gratitude. We intentionally pay attention to the good and give thanks for it. We train ourselves to notice the beautiful all around us and in everyone and to praise the source of it all. We engage spiritual technologies, practices that over time help us to be mindfully present and less easily upset. As, as Paul advised, we make it our aspiration to rejoice in the Lord always. Nevertheless, we also have eyes open to suffering. We do not turn away from it in denial. We are not blind to the effects of poverty. We see discrimination in so many forms. We have eyes open to the systems that produce evils like massive opioid addiction and mass incarceration. We see people with inadequate health care and housing. We observe the massive income disparity in our country. In other words, We see the blind beggars of our world, and we neither ignore them nor try to shush their cries for help. Rather, like Jesus, we extend our arms of compassion, even as we are involved in confronting root causes of suffering. And we have seen that we can make progress. We can make a difference. We believe the Spirit who prompts us to do the good also empowers us as we follow Jesus. With eyes wide open, we can see that God is at work in our world. Bartimaeus, with sight restored, joined the journey, following Jesus on the way. Neither he nor any of the other disciples at this point in the story understood what the future would hold, but they trusted, and so they followed. We are like them in that respect as well. We do not not know what the future will hold for us, None of us knows what our own individual futures will be like, nor about the future of our planet, nor our church. But we have the confidence that following Jesus is the right path. We trust that we will be led by God as we practice discernment so that even if the path forward involves pain, the outcome will be Easter. That is what it means to follow Jesus with eyes wide open.